0: this um was a very difficult decision um it was probably so hard for me to make that i probably waited too long and um for that i apologize to laker fans um but um now with clarity and direction, and and after uh, talking with Irvin, really knowing that uh, a change was needed, and that's why we're
1: here today.
2: ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new edition of Be Honest. Um, I I don't know. I'm excited. I'm walking a little lighter today. Uh, I don't know if you heard, may have been under a rock if you don't listen to sports, but Magic Johnson is now the president of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, in a matter of 24 hours, Jim Buss, Mitch Kupchak, and uh, John Black, three very prominent figures who have been with the organization for more than two decades, are gone Jim Buss' entire life. They are gone. They no longer are the brass. They no longer run the front office. It is up to magic now to change things around. I think that was one of the biggest storylines uh, within the last 48 hours. But I also want to say, I think the storyline that's been missed is that Jeannie Buss ethered her brother professionally. Jeannie Buss professionally killed her brother. Now, she given him a deadline and then some. But I never really thought that she was going to take her brother off the throne. You know why? Because it was her father... It was her father's dying wish. Jerry Buss wanted to see it as a family-run business. He wanted to see his son do better than he did. However, it's well known that Jim really, he really didn't care for basketball. He treated this billion-dollar franchise like a hobby. There are reports of how he never really attended the games, and when he did attend the games, he was really not interested, unaffected. His father would want him to be there. He'd show up, but he wasn't really a savant. We can see that by the moves he made, by the folks that he brought on, by the coaching hires. You had Phil Jackson, but you opted for D'Antoni. Okay, wrong, not so much. <laughs> I mean, Mozgov, Luau Dang, okay, not so much. You spend all our money? Okay, look, don't even get me started. But I want to talk about Jeannie, because this podcast is called Be Honest, and uh, there are too many parallels with what she's doing and, and what I'm going through personally and professionally. So within the last year, she broke up with the love of her life. I'm assuming that was the love of her life, Phil Jackson, because she could no longer do the distance and she wanted to operate the business, the family business. And there was this disconnect. You couldn't do both. There was a conflict of interest, if you will. Within the NBA circles, they said it was a conflict of interest. They, quote, unquote, couldn't talk about work. Give me, a, give me a break. You're not talking about work with your significant other. Of course you are. And so they broke up. And then not long after that, there's another breakup. She kicked her brother out. She kicked Mitch Kupchak out. I'm sure he was like a family friend. And, and I don't care that her and her brother were not close. The fact of the matter is her and her father were, and she knew that's what her pops wanted. She knew that her father wanted her brother to be a part of the business. So do you know what she had to do behind the scenes, the people that she had to talk to, the other family members, the other sisters and brothers that she had to talk to and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm letting you know ahead of time. This is how it's happening. I hope you're with me. If you're not, you're against me. As a woman in a business such as this, It's tough to make those decisions. It's tough to act like a man because we're trained to think differently. It's tough to operate and move like men do because emotionally we're so caught up. And, oh, am I being nice? Oh, am I being fair? Oh, am I too hard? Oh, do I deserve to do this? Oh, will people like me? Oh, will people not like me? I don't know a woman that doesn't think that way that's in a woman in any type of position. I think that way. I'm too hard on my producers. I feel some type of way. I'm too hard on other people that work for me. I'm like, "Ah, why was I so mean? Well, because I demand perfection and I want it to be perfect because we're all representing a brand of excellence. And that brand of excellence no longer existed for the Lakers. And so she wanted that brand to return. I understand that. I overstand that. So by any means necessary, if I got to get rid of Fredo, I got to get rid of Fredo. If I got to get rid of Jim, I got to get rid of Jim. She got rid of Jim. I overstand that, but I also understand how hard it is, how hard it is to operate in a way that is probably emotionally different from how you really want to be. Confusing, not necessarily coexisting in that way, because that's not what we do. We don't women. I'm talking about women. We don't traditionally operate that cutthroat way. So I feel like the bigger story is what Jeannie did in a matter of months to restore excellence to what my friend Ramona Shelburne calls a civic treasure. The Los Angeles Lakers is not just it's not just an organization, it's not just a basketball team, it's a civic treasure. The NBA is better when the Lakers are better. You can argue me I it's, listen, I don't even want to argue. It. It's just the truth, I'm sorry. Adam Silver will tell you that. And so she had to she had an obligation to give it back to the community, to give it back to the people, to give it back to the fans, to give it back to the league, to restore this brand of excellence that people have come to know. And that's the culture. The culture isn't bottom feeder. The culture is winning. But I look back and I have to think she has to be in a lot of pain. I don't know her that well. I don't know much about her. But what she did over the last few months must be emotionally draining. I say that because I love my job. I often ask myself, do I choose my professional life over my personal life? Most of the times I do. And that's, that's sad, right? It is and it isn't. But I don't want to have to make that choice. I want them both to coexist harmoniously. I don't want to have to choose Work over my man. I'd rather choose my man over work. But sometimes you don't have that luxury because there's a greater responsibility, a greater calling on your life. I'm not saying that to me, but I understand being in that predicament. Now, listen, if you said Carrie and I'm head over heels in love, you got to choose one, I'm going my man. Uh, I'm sorry. But then if I was left to run the Lakers, what would I do? I'd probably do what Jeannie did. I'm just stuck, guys. My producer's laughing at me. This is a serious dilemma because as any professional woman who has any any modicum of success will tell you, oftentimes you got to make a choice because that's the society that we live in. My family first, then my job. If I give my job too much time, my family feels neglected. And then I feel guilty. So I got to go back to my family. And then I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing at work. I have to balance both. Jeannie's like deuces, bruces to all. I can't even imagine. And she's smiling and giving the interviews and waving and her skin's perfect. No, no, No sign of stress on her skin. Take a look at her skin, guys. It's amazing. But I know she has to be hurting. I don't care if she don't like her brother. That woman is in some pain right now. If you think she's sitting up there in the back with her feet kicked up on her desk like I did it, woo! you're absolutely incorrect. You heard it just a moment ago. I'm apologizing to the fans because it probably took too long. It was a very tough decision to make. Women, we always apologize in. I'm not criticizing Eugenie. If you hear this, no, no, no criticism here. That was hard. Getting rid of family. Getting rid of people that you are familiar with. Getting rid of what the Laker Nation knows as, as staples. No criticism there. On the podcast today, we're going to talk to Ramona Shelburne about how the deal got done and the construction, if you will, or the rebuilding of the Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome to Be Honest
2: for her to say Irvin
0: uh, I want to entrust you I, wa- I believe in you has been unbelievable and so I thank you and I thank you guys because if you could draw up your dream job right this would be it it's going to take us some while I don't want to I don't want to fool the fans but I can't turn it around tomorrow or I really would be magic right
1: <laughs> but I think
0: that if we do it the right way then we can turn it around the Laker organization has always been about best in class, and so we will continue that. But there's no quick fix here.
1: It's been a magical uh, 24 to 48 hours. Ramona Shelburne on the phone here. Ramona, walk us through what has happened uh, in terms of the Lakers firing everyone and hiring Magic.
2: Yeah, man, that was that was like the red wedding, right? You watch Game
1: of Thrones. <laughs> I do. It was perfect <laughs> analogy. My <laughs> right, goodness, kind of like. Like, everybody's gone, right?
2: It was like, That's and it perfect. was all done at once, you know? Perfect. And uh, it kind of was. And, like, I, you know, it was funny because, like, later on you look back and you're like, I should have seen all the signs. <laughs> like, like I knew <laughs> something was coming. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know it would all be all at once and so swift. Like, you know, I kind of got the vibe last week something was happening because Jeannie was supposed to go to All-Star break, and she didn't. And she canceled the stay back in L.A. and sent her brother Joey instead. Um, and then once I got to All-Star break, just some, you know, people, it was in the wind. Okay, let's put it like that. Um, and it kind of seemed like something was happening next week. And I go, yeah, they're having a meeting, aren't they? Like, you, it was in the wind that something was going on next week. And so I kind of knew a little of something was going on, but you never, like, even though you know something was happening, you don't know exactly what. And then when it actually happened, like, I'll, carry I don't know what your phone did when that actually happened, but I got 25 text messages that were like, Oh my God. Or wow. Or there's some extra Are we allowed to cuss on your podcast? I don't know. There's there yes. was quite a few of those. You are okay. loud. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was a lot of those, right? Because like it was swift and it was decisive. And you know, since we're supposed to be honest in your podcast, um, there's one thing that I think people miss and I think people are really running the wrong way on this. Like, yes, this day was about Magic Johnson taking ascending to this role and you know, taking over for Jim and Mitch and even John Black, the longtime PR guy. Yeah, that was the big news. But come on now. This is Jeannie Buss' day. Right? Like, You know, and I think, like, sometimes somebody moves, like, you know, stealth and they don't get all the credit because her name's not necessarily the one in the in the press release. But, like, this, you know, people are like, oh, Magic executed a coup. No, no, no. Jeannie Buss executed that coup.
1: Yeah, yeah. First of all, yeah, let's let's just go and take one moment out. And I've been and I've been telling everybody they're missing the bigger storyline. What it took for her to professionally ether her brother is something <laughs> that we will never know. And if you're familiar with ether, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. So not only <laughs> did she cut ties with her longtime BF slash fiance, Phil, she was like, let me cut ties with everything that's been holding me back. The way I look at it is like, hear me, woman, warm, warm, I, you know, roar, whatever, however you want to res- look at it. She's hardcore and she did it with a vengeance so talk to me about the the actual breakup between her and her brother and how difficult that must have been um
2: how am I gonna say this (laughs) like okay like I don't think there was much of a relationship there at all like I think that yes it's her brother and there's always a familial love but like they don't talk They don't even like they maybe text every once in a while but like they don't have conversations. They don't hang out. So what you have is just sort of the idea that it's your brother. Like, but it's not like she got in the room, like, you know, on the apprentice and said, you're fired, right? Like, it's not like they talk <laughs> every day and then you got to look them in the eye and do it. Like, it's, you know, it was, it, it was far more distant than that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's far more distant than that. So, like, yes, it's hard because I, I know for years she has wanted to give her brother time because that was what her dad wanted her dad had set up and so that was what the hard part was and um but I think that time like at some point when you run a business and like you know she runs a business like she's she's here every day like you know when you talk about like who's here every day running things who's running the organization like the people running the Laker organization are the ones in the office every morning at nine and still there at five <laughs> you know and that's then it's the you know the business side of that that's that's Tim Harris that's Jeannie Bus. that's Linda Rambis that's you know, John Black, who was here all the time for a long time. You know, there's, that, that, those are the people who are running things. And Mitch Kupchak was, you know, he was the basketball, you know, the general manager. And Jim Buss, I mean, I think he, he probably stopped by the office once or twice a week
1: for a little while. <laughs> you know, for a little bit. Like I Listen, the, a, the stories yeah. are infamous about how much he actually cared about the game and the organization before his dad passed away and and you can't turn someone who who treated a a billion dollar a franchise like a hobby uh, and i and i hate to put it in such plain terms that way but no that's probably the right way to put it everyone has described his interest as lack thereof and his and his moves are beyond questionable. Um the one the one I think that he was most credited for was Andrew Bynum before the knees went bad and mm-hmm. and then after that we're like okay what else is new. So but I still think Ramona no matter what and I'm just speaking personally how hard it must be even if I'm not friends with you. You I I love my dad. Yeah. I love, yeah. I wanted to do what my dad That's wanted right, yeah. me to do. That's a relationship yeah. that I don't want to, 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 and I know he's no longer here, but I want to re- honor that relationship in his request.
2: Yeah. But I think she also knew that her dad wanted to be the Lakers to be the Lakers, right. The Lakers to be, you know, front and center and winning championships. or at least contending for championships. And so I think that that was, you know, that was always the push pull. And like, you know, like you're an empathetic person. You feel things, you you feel bad about things, but then, When somebody keeps hurting you, like, and I, I keep going back to the, you know, the way they told Phil Jackson that he wasn't getting the job, right. The way they called at midnight that, you know, for, for years afterwards, you'd hear Jeannie talk about that. You could hear the hurt in her voice at the way that happened, because for her, that wasn't just like, Oh, Phil didn't get the job. That was like the moment when she had to choose the Lakers over her fiance, because at that moment when he was not going to work for the Lakers or be in LA anymore, she knew she was going to have to let him go and you know, they tried to make it work for a couple of years, but it was kind of up to her. Do you want, you know, do you, do you, are you going to marry this man? when I mean, you don't even really spend time with him. Like, and he's halfway across the country and you can't even talk about your job, <sighs> right? You can, they literally can't even talk about their jobs. And so I think it wasn't just what happened. It was, you know, the fallout from that and the consequence of that. And also the way it was done. Like it was cold. I mean, you let him believe that, you know, he went and he, all he had to do, like he, when he left that meeting, he said, I need to talk to my, the meeting with Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss, right? He, 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 he left that meeting and he told him, he said, I need to talk to my doctors to make sure I'm okay to coach. And So can you give me a couple of days? Um, and they said, yes. And in the meantime, they kept interviewing people. Well, Phil left the meeting thinking that he was it was on him. It was up to him. If he wanted to coach, he was getting the job. And, you know, he, who he had to call is his, when he said, I have to call my doctors, he had prostate cancer at the time. Yeah. So he had to, like, call the doctor and say, hey, is it OK if I delay my radiation treatments on the prostate cancer, which is a very reasonable request, right? Like, obviously. <laughs> and while you're, and while he was waiting and deciding, giving like, you know, literally a day or two to decide, that's when they went and hired Mike D'Antoni and, you know, the famous phone call at 1130 at night. And I, I know that, you know, Jeannie wasn't it wasn't just a process. I know it felt very personal to her. In the way that they went about it.
1: All right. So now we're trying to make some moves. Magic is in, and Magic has made it clear. And I and I knew once he was hired as an invite an advisor in air quotes, what he wanted to do was take over, as he made it kind of clear, not so not so hidden and not so subtle. Now that he's uh, the president, uh, what talk to me about the first move? Yeah, it's interesting. The first
2: move with Lou Williams like should have been done weeks ago. Um, it should have been done weeks ago. Like any like anybody who was not part of the solution, you know, in terms of like next year, this year, next year, the year after that, like needs to go. And Lou was playing way too good. <laughs> Lou was <laughs> Lou was way too good. And um, you know, he was hoping to win too many games, and like the, they gotta prioritize keeping their draft pick and playing the kids. So if they don't end up with their top three pick, at least those minutes need to go to Brandon Ingram and Julie and Julius Randle and Jamal and um and uh. D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson, like those guys got to play all those minutes and like Lou has been playing so well. One, they were winning too many games. And two, the, the young guys were standing around watching him. And it was almost like the way they stand around and watching Kobe. Right. So yeah. yeah. You know, I, right. So like they, like this was, you know, hurting them on two fronts and that move should have been made weeks ago. Like they had offers for him that included a first round pick. And, you know, I think they could have made this same trade two weeks ago and, you know, like, that. I think there's a lot of frustration that they were sitting back and waiting so long to do things. Um, and so, you know, Magic got in. He was like, give me the ball. I'm shooting.
1: Yeah, he got to go. Basically, I'm the point yeah. guard. I'm about to dish yeah. this out as a woman er, who is a woman of means, yeah. a woman who uh, works hard, a woman who loves her job, who is passionate about what she does. If you were given the choice a la Genie, would you choose your fiancé slash husband over your work? Or would you choose your work over your fiance slash husband?
2: I'd probably choose my husband.
1: (laughs) Like I know, I know, that's terrible, but like someone said say like if you know I work hard. Yeah, so someone said Ramona, you can no longer report, you can no longer be on T V. You can no longer write because your husband needs you. You're out the game.
2: Oh, like totally out of the game? Yeah, like my answer to that is like I've already made that choice, right? Like I've already turned down jobs to stay in LA because, and they were good jobs. Like I turned down things that were like, you know, definitely would have been steps up in my career I wanna, because I didn't want to, because I didn't want to risk my relationship. Right. And I always, and there was, it probably, it probably slowed down my progress as a reporter. Like there was times in my twenties, I had two or three jobs that were out of state that would have been steps up. And I said, no, because I knew I, my, our relationship couldn't handle it. And I, I knew he was the one. Right. So, I, those are choices where you're not necessarily giving it all up, though. Okay. So like, I'm asking you is, though, yeah.
1: one or the other, make a choice.
2: <laughs> I, I probably still would stay in LA with my husband because you know why? I could yeah. do something else. Like I could, I could still, I could still ball out on something else.
1: Okay, like that's, you know, like is that fair? Yeah, no, that's fair. The only reason why I ask you that because Jeannie had to choose.
2: The yeah. Fran- the well, okay, okay or the you know what? Life? You're right, and and let's put it this way. This isn't just a franchise and a job. This is a civic treasure.
1: Yep. Right? Her, responsi- her, responsibility her responsibility was to the city and to the NBA and to the fans yes. and to the organization and to the people who have built this blood, sweat and tears into her father in his That's grave. Right. And she said, I can't choose you, Phil. So I just want you to know what this woman yeah. did in the last year. She's made yeah. a choice that most women wouldn't make. You admitted that you wouldn't make it. I don't think that I would make uh, the same yeah. choice. And then she yeah. had to She had she listen. She had to say, I choose. I right. have to go and say, Fredo, don't ever, ever, ever talk out against the family. Yeah, for lack of a better term, Jim's Fredo, right? Yeah.
2: and yeah. he did,
1: and, and 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 just like in Godfather, somebody had to get rid of Fredo. She had to get rid of her brother. It was just there were yeah. no, there was no other option. She had to do what she had to do. I hate to even liken the two because it's not death, but she did have to kill her brother professionally in order to I mean, move on for the greater like, good of the organization. And and Carrie, like
2: the reason I brought it up and I wanted to like because this cause of this podcast, like. Like, honestly, I, I don't think women get nearly the credit they deserve when they make moves like this because, you know, Jeannie will do it uh, like a, she'll make a killer move like that. But then magic's the face of it. Right. So yeah. it's all magic. Yeah. No, let's not take anything away from him. OK, he's, you know, a big face in this. But like she should get a lot of credit for this. And just because she's not oh, the one out there taking the bows. I mean, look at this. Like we're talking about gender stereotypes. What's the what's the quote we're playing from her from her interview?
1: How hard it was. Yeah. You're talking about that. How hard it was. Wait. Did she apologize to the How, fans? There it is. Yeah, she, she waited do? too she apologized. long. She apologized. No, Did what she... do women do? She
2: apologizes. Oh. She doesn't have anything to apologize for. Oh, you know what I mean. What do women oh. always do? They make we nice. Always say they sorry. apologize. Yeah. You know. You know. You ever read that article, Carrie? Where it's like, okay, like it's like women are always saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." It's like a disarming quality that they have. And like you know the like okay the best example is. Uh, the woman's up there in, the, in her apartment. It's like four in the morning and people are having a party downstairs and it's so loud and the music is so loud and she's got to go to sleep because she got work in the morning and she calls down there and she's like, I'm sorry. Can you guys keep it down? It's four in the morning. Like, what are you doing? And like, girl, you're not sorry. You're not sorry. You're mad. Don't say you're sorry when you're mad.
1: Yeah, you know what? Women's biggest problem but, is is that we always want to be liked and sometimes we just can't. Yeah. Men don't go we home stop and say, ourselves, "Yeah, men don't go home and say, did I do you know what? Was I too mean to such and such today?" <laughs> you know yeah. or, like, oh, what? Is I I like 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 men day? will go and they, they want pelt's on the wall.
2: They want, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. They that's like they get credit for their kills, you know, in business. Yeah. Oh, look yeah. at look what magic did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, take a look. I went hunting. Look how look how, look how aggressive
2: yeah. like, magic was. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, bus, Jeannie bus orchestrated this whole
1: thing. Oh, God. You know how much I love you, my friend. Go back in there. get I some know. Get some gossip for us. And <laughs> if you want to do some breaking news on the Be <laughs> Honest podcast, you're more than welcome <laughs> to do it, okay? You got it, girl. All right. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, a lot of drama. A lot of excitement. I'm all in. I, I have hope for our Lakers. I have hope. It was like the time when Kobe came back after his injury. I was like, yeah, we're going to do well. But no, this time, I... I I think good things are happening. Magic in charge, Jeannie handling it like the boss she is, B-A-W-S-E. On the other side of the break, I I speak to another champion. Her name is Candace Parker, Um, L.A. Sparks MVP, got a title just recently. I want to talk to her about what she thinks, because Magic, as you know, owns the Sparks. What she thinks of Magic being the president of the Los Angeles Lakers. Back in a moment. know when you heard the news about magic being the president of the lakers what was your first thought well i knew it was only a
0: a matter of time (laughs) really i mean when when he moves into you know working with the team i think it being you know president of basketball operations I, i knew it was a matter of time before the ball started rolling and he was in charge um I think he has that type of power and the, and the Lakers were at a point in time where things needed to change. And, you know, sometimes you get caught in friendly fire a little bit, uh, in terms of Mitch Kupchak and, and things like that. But I just don't think that Jeannie liked the way the team was going. I mean, her brother said it himself. If he, if he didn't have it in three, three years fire, you know, he, he quit himself. And, uh, you no, know, I think Magic is, a, is is definitely a good move. It was a good move for us, so I'm I'm confident in him.
1: Okay, so yeah, definitely right. Says says as we walk away from uh, one championship. Talk about it, girl, most recent championship. I I still think though. I think the bigger story, and I don't know how you feel about this as a woman. I was just talking about how it's so hard for us to balance our personal and our professional lives. And within the the last few months, we've watched her. We've watched Jeannie um, leave her fiance, or I don't know who left who, but they broke up. Then I've watched her then turn around and you know get rid of her brother, uh, and I know they weren't close, but that still doesn't mean it didn't hurt because that's what her father wanted, and get rid of Mitch and John Black and people who were were figures. You know what I mean? Just common stays when you think of Laker Nation. And I have to be, I have to think that it must have been more than difficult, more than we really understand. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, speaking from somebody that has had a little bit of a tough year. Um, You know, I can kind of understand a little bit of what she's going through in terms of just uh, when your personal life isn't at its best, you know, and then you have to make business decisions on top of that. Uh, It's tough, but I will say, you know, women, we kind of look at things a little bit different. And I think things are changing a little bit in terms of how we judge ourselves, how we judge the circumstances, In all seriousness, there's not anybody that could probably stand up to her and say what she did was wrong. And I think that that's maybe the standpoint of how she had to look at it. It's not wrong. They probably couldn't look themselves in the mirror and say that they deserve their job. So with that being said, this isn't something that they were caught off guard by or something that they were winning games and the process was happening and things were, you know, the ball was rolling and they were making moves and you know, this is something where I I don't know if their agreement and things. I mean, they don't seem like they agreed to accept magic. And to me, If you don't see the light when they hire magic,
2: then
1: if
0: you can't agree with what he's saying and welcome him into your circle, you don't really want your job, you know? Right. (laughs) No, right.
1: Right? No one, there, there are two camps, Candace, and you tell me where you, where you, where you lie. And it sounds like I I, I know what you're going to say, but the camp is, you know what, Jeannie, you took too long to fire your brother. And then there's another camp that says, you know what, I'm not going to criticize you because it was your brother. And it wasn't that, you guys were close, but it was what your father wanted. So we understand why you took as long as you did.
0: I'm in the middle, but honestly, uh, the relationship that I have with my sibling, i don't know how she is with her brother, and it doesn't seem like they're very close. I'm close with my brothers, and it would be like a, a solo. Like <laughs> <laughs> you had said that you gave <laughs> yourself three years. I know it's two and a half, <laughs> but you're not going to get it done in three years. Um, so we're going to have to move in a different direction or, Hey, like, can you work with this? Like, maybe you're going to be on the outside. We come to you and kind of tell you what's going on, but you, you, you're not in the circle anymore. That's how the conversation would
1: go. Yeah, and see, and that's fair. I appreciate you saying that because I feel like I'd be right in the middle too, but I'm also leaning more towards the side of, I'm not going to criticize you, but dang, you knew it wasn't right. How long was you going to wait? You know what I mean? You knew it wasn't right. How long was you going to wait? Like, this is business. But But you also have to think the Lakers are still making money. They were one of the top three franchises. I mean, like,
0: in the point of the nba to make money I mean, you know what i mean that that's the laker franchise so i think if it was another team that was losing money and things weren't going well then she might have done things faster but it was really just the fans are like we're losing like they're not losing their
1: pockets aren't losing like they're not you know so no you're, right. Has- you're oh, right you're right well, ju- you yeah no you're right john ireland was on mike and mike today and he was like, you have to think about the, the number one road team uh, last season. It was the Lakers with a 17-win season. And while, while the Golden State Warriors were, were historic and probably uh, arguably they were the best show in town, but the Lakers would win, win out, sell out more so than the Warriors would. And that's and that spoke to who Kobe was. And that spoke to just that Laker lore that people think has dimmed and it has, but people still are interested. So um, I, I here's my thing. Now that you're talking about this and I'm starting to get a little more perspective, our mutual friend, Ramona, alluded to what you alluded to. She said that within the, the, the two weeks that Magic was brought aboard as the advisor, he was doing the reaching out. That Mitch and uh, Jim were, ah, okay, cool, cool, good to have you. Welcome, welcome. But not, you know, not I mean, really embracing him.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they saw the light, but they also understood that they kind of sold their soul to the devil when they signed Kobe, you know, for the for the
1: mm-hmm.
0: for the Laker fans. And honestly, mm-hmm. that's one of the times I will say that it was right for an organization to not necessarily do what was right for the organization, but to do what was right by Kobe. He deserved it. Oh yeah. So I think they're kind of looking in the mirror, like, well, we kind of did what was right because we're, you know, we want to be loyal. And then now you you turn around and you fire us you know, a year after this guy left that we couldn't bring anybody else or sign anybody else by because we signed him to,
1: you know, the
0: max. Yeah. So I think for a little bit they're looking at it that, from that perspective as well.
1: I think I think they all agreed on that decision. But can we talk about something that we haven't talked about? And I'm not okay. being funny. Like, the reality is, is that, in no disrespect, Mozgov and Luau Dang, we had $136 million, and we're going ahead and just go ahead and give it out like that. Like, really? Nobody else. Like who, who was going to come to the Lakers? Like, who wanted to come? Well, like why not did that? Why not keep the money? But what I mean, I don't think you can just keep it. It goes on your salary cap.
0: Like, I, I mean, I can't work out the logistics. Or the yeah, neither do you
1: know, I. I don't want to speak to that. But I. But yeah, you're trying to tell really me there were no that. other. There were no other options.
0: I don't know many free agents that were extremely excited to sign with the Lakers on a long term deal.
1: Oh. Here we go. I don't, Here we go. I don't Candace know about telling them. me, I think, telling me about her their folks. Hands
0: were tied. Their hands were tied when they signed Kobe that two-year extension. That
1: okay, when, were you able handle. to come and play for us? Would you have suited up for the Lakers? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know are you, you laughing. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you. <laughs> Listen, you're the one who just won a championship. I'm not I kidding. That.
0: <laughs> that like, we're giving it the day. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll right now. Nah. Um, um, I think okay. it, it's in good hands, though. Magic's going to do a good job with it. I'm confident. I,
1: I think so, too. All right. Switching subjects. This is a hard, hard, hard right turn. And, and, and talk about this as freely as you want to. And um, tell me just your, your honest thoughts, since this is be honest, uh, about what Candace Wiggins had to say. She said that the WNBA has a bullying culture and is 98% gay. So the league had no comment, but a lot of current and former players uh, said they've never experienced what she described, you uh, having a child, um, married at one point. I know that you can't necessarily talk about the bullying culture, because. I, but did you ever feel like you were treated differently because you were heterosexual?
0: All right, I will say this. Um, I think people like to turn deaf ears to things that they don't want to hear. And to me, if that was her experience, this is opening up a forum to talk about it, whether people agree with her or don't agree with her. And, um, you know, I myself haven't. I can't say that I had the same experience. I played with her on the same team. She was injured for a lot of the time. And honestly, Kenneth Wiggins and I, we go back to when we were 11, 12 years old playing at AAU. Um, So we go back a long time. But if that was truly her experience and that's what, you know, she had as her time in the WNBA, uh, then it's something that we need to listen to and talk about um, as a league. But at the same time, um, I myself am not going to bully her (laughs) for saying those things. Uh, I'm not going to come out and, you know, degrade her or talk negatively towards her about her experience. I do think that there's a way to address things. There's a positive way to do things, and there's a way that do you want to seek attention or do you want to seek change in the culture? So I think that we both have to ask ourselves when we read this article, her coming out, and she has to ask herself as well, which, which of the two was it?
1: Interesting. And,
0: uh, you know, if you can approach it as you are wanting to change an organization or change a league as a result of this, or you want to get attention. And so um
1: you know do I you question not- either or do you question her motives? I don't know if it's my my
0: position to do that. I think that's her, you know? Um I think that that's her her position. I mean everybody is talking about it. I don't think that I can come out and be like we don't bully and then you talk so negatively about somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not- no, that's fair. I don't think that's the way to go about things. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. However off the wall you think they are or however you agree with them, they're entitled to that and their experience. You just kind of have to ask where they're coming from. And I, I, I'm a huge believer in if, if you're coming from the right place, even if it's something I don't want to hear or something I don't agree with, I can be, you know, I, I can kind of empathize with you. But if you don't, then I, I don't know if I can.
1: So uh, I I believe that there is a perception that the WNBA that uh, that more women probably are not heterosexual than they are, right? There's this perception. You can speak to the perception for people who aren't informed, and that's those are those who aren't informed. So for her to say this, I would think that it does raise eyebrows, it will make you want to pay attention, but I find it interesting because her saying this, I don't don't I would believe and I'm making sure I'm choosing my words carefully here, that she would know that this would get a lot of backlash. Like people would not say, yay, you're right. Yeah, that is true. Or the, or the WNBA wouldn't want to speak on that just because of the nature of the league and you guys are trying to build something special 20 years and going, but still continuing to prove the brand and show that the brand is worthy. Correct.
0: I mean, I think she had to know. I mean, I think her her book's coming out soon, so I I don't think that this is by chance that this article came out before that. Um, So if I were to speak to just assumptions, yeah, I think that she knew that this was going to get a lot of attention. But to speak to the league, um, you know, I live in California, so I'm a little bit out of the loop of concerning about who is with who. Like, I, I, I stopped hearing about that a long time ago.
1: You know what I mean? Like everybody Yeah, no, that's fair.
0: That's whoever fair. Whoever everybody else is with, and to me it's like who cares? Like you know right. what I mean?
1: Right. No, so that's fair. On
0: the court, regardless of what happens off the court, I mean, you, you have these guys in the NBA that are with six, seven, eight women, like have <laughs> kids by <laughs> seven eight women. Like no I mean we don't talk about that. You know what I mean? Like, oh.
1: like, so you wait, so what you saying? You trying to say I that there's a bigger story we're missing? <laughs>
0: We're demonizing. Like, we're demonizing people. Like, we're demonizing...
1: Um,
0: Who cares? Like, why are we talking about it? Like, who cares? Yes. Like, players in our league are gay. Yes. Players in our league are black. Yes. Players in our league, you know, like, are white. And, you know, are girls. Like, we're women. So, it's just like...
1: It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, I I don't... I really have have come to, to agree with that. And then also, that's how I raised my daughter. So... I guess I get upset when people focus on things that it really doesn't matter.
1: So. It's interesting that you say that because if you want to shine a light to something, what you said earlier made sense to me. If this is a real issue, why not have use your platform to to um, shed light on something that should be discussed? And, and if it isn't a concern, then we should be discussing it. If this is an issue, we should be discussing it. But if you're doing it for attention, okay. That's another, a whole other set of issues that I can't speak to because people have their own motives and their own, um, and their own reasonings for speaking out. Um, I do think that this is the first time, unfortunately, in a long time that the WNBA gets a lot of attention. It's starting to pick up traction. People are interested. You would hope that they'd be interested in the WNBA for more than just this, correct?
0: Well, I would definitely hope that they would be interested in the WNBA for more than just this. You know, I hope that it it, it will pick up you know, next season, and it will continue to grow, and um, people will still take notice of it, and not just focus on this. Look, hey, it's news today and gone tomorrow. Let's so I, I feel like Let's this help. is going to be, you know, on everybody's tongue today and completely forgotten, like, oh, yeah, that happened. But to me, if you really want to have change, and you really want to make a difference and do what you say you want to do, then this is something that you do in a positive way, a discussion. Uh, There's ways. I mean, you have a platform to go. We have officers on every team. Um, You know, we send out memos about anti-bullying and hazing and Mm -hmm. all those things. Um, So the point that I don't know if the real problems are addressed in the sense of, you know, now for bullying, like we can't, dress the rookies up like Mm -hmm. as you know crazy things because of stuff like this so to me let's talk about the real problem let's really talk about stuff if, if it really happened and if things really need to change and stop just doing stuff to you know
1: get reactions to get reaction um, I, I'm waiting for, um, and I know you have a couple more years left, maybe two or three more championships. I'm calling it, go sparks! Hey, come sit courtside. Yeah, girl, you know it. Why eat my Why my hot dog? And be like, hey girl, what you doing? You like, here I'm playing. I'm <laughs> I'm actually playing. I can't wait for the day when you're sitting uh, side by side or your own show on on one of the networks, preferably here, um, because you have a mighty voice, my friend, and I and you Aww. use it well. So I like that you are no nonsense. It goes a long way in what we do for living
0: and i just want to say to you that i am so proud and just i get so much joy watching you because you're really doing your thing and the thing i love most about you is you empower people oh, and you allow people to to share their story and not just share their stories you really listen so mm-hmm. i just want to say thank you for that and thank you for having me on today
1: all right kid is <laughs> um say hi to your daughter for me thanks for calling in no problem you're so awesome take care all right, so that was Candice Parker. Uh, we talked about magic, but we also talked about, uh, most recently, the claims from one Candace Wiggins, former WNBA player, who says that um, she was bullied for being a heterosexual. I just want to say there is a comment from the Players Union, and I'll read that to you guys because I want to be fair and give all sides. Our union is only as strong as our loyalty to and support for one another. Neka Ngumake. She's the president said that she also added what is key to that loyalty and support is our commitment to diversity and inclusion as a union. We should and we will continue to celebrate the diversity that makes us special and lead by example, saying that we welcome everyone, all folks, heterosexual, not heterosexual. It does not matter. Uh, so that was the union's response, the player union response. That's an interesting story. Um, Hopefully it will continue to shed light on if there is a problem uh, in a good way and that the WNBA can work on that if that is an issue, as Candace simply said. Moving on, uh, I'd like to wrap. I got so much to say. I just, I don't know where to begin. My producer was laughing at me because I was talking about Jeannie Buss and what she had to do and how difficult it was for her. And I'm still on that because I... I do believe that we're forgetting all that and we're focused on magic and his charm and his affability and the fact that he's a hall of famer and that he was the only, I, I don't want to say the only, but he is what we remember when the Lakers were great. He created Showtime. So all that said, all that glitz, that glamour, all those accolades, we, we focus on that, but now it's time to get down to the, the knit and the grit. I think magic as an entrepreneur, has been the most successful he's ever been. One of my colleagues the other day had the nerve to say, well, Magic didn't work with his talk show. Magic is an okay broadcaster. Magic wasn't a good coach. But consider this. In order to be a successful entrepreneur, how many times do you have to fail? How many times do you have to reinvent yourself? How many times do you have to try a different career? I'm sorry. I don't think Steve Jobs was Steve Jobs right away. I don't think Warren Buffett was Warren Buffett right away. I think everyone who has ever been successful has failed over and over again. Ask Michael Jordan. He'll tell you. And so I have no problem acknowledging what Magic wasn't great at, but he's had a great career as an entrepreneur. He's employed thousands and thousands of people. Dodgers, Sparks, president of the Lakers, who knows, soon to be owner, again. I just think that We're in. I just think that we're in for a really good period as Laker fans. I think the NBA deserves the Lakers to be great again. And I think if he doesn't have the experience or if he doesn't know, he'll find out who does. He'll hire the best. He'll consult with the best. That's what makes you successful as a leader of anything. I know who's not smarter than me. I surround myself with people who are smarter than me. And if you're not smarter than me and you keep making mistakes and I have to continue to tell you how to repair your mistakes and I don't want you around me, I think we're going to see a lot of turnover, meaning people come and go, come and go. And I don't think that will be a reflection on the organization. I think that'll be a reflection on what they want. I'm really interested to see what happens. The final say stands with my girl, Jeannie. And the last three months I talked about it. What I've seen her do in her personal and professional life has been nothing short of amazing, and she's moving on like a boss. I respect that. Only time will tell, though. To be continued, this is Carrie Champion signing off. Hope you enjoyed this edition
2: of Be Honest. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash PodCenter.